the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Happy December 30th, 2020. So as we learned after the election, courtesy of the Media Research Center from an exit poll of voters in six swing states, over 45 percent of Biden voters said they were unaware of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The poll found awareness of the Hunter Biden scandal would have led to 9.4 percent of Biden voters abandoning the Democratic candidate flipping all six of those states to Donald Trump. But the media put the kibosh on that story, as they did so many other stories that would have informed voters what they would be getting with the family Biden. What we learned is that the media was more powerful than a lot of us thought. When they want to get you, they will get you. Whether you are a high school student targeted by the woke for doing nothing more than wearing a red MAGA hat, or whether you are the leader of the MAGA movement as the president of the United States. Ironically enough, or perhaps I should say hypocritically and ignorantly enough, the idea of MAGA, making America great again, involves making things American great. And things American include, you would think, the Constitution, as the Constitution includes the First Amendment. And the First Amendment includes the protection of a free press, a free media. The media ignores all of that and instead believes criticism of it is an assault and battery on it. Only they should have free speech and broadcast and printing rights. Not you, not me, not the president. It's a very distorted reading of the First Amendment. Then again, the media has been on a decades-long campaign of distorting things, American, all things, except for the rights and privileges they can enjoy. Kind of reminds me of what the left says about conservatives who are racial minorities and affirmative action, that they are taking advantages of it themselves, but then they want to roll up the rights behind them so nobody else can take advantage of them. It's a slur, but that's how you get to know what the left is up to. See what they accuse conservatives of. In psychology, it's called projection. So what the media did with the Biden stories is what they have accused Republicans of for years, voter suppression, suppression of information and attacks on those who share that information in order to change the outcome of an election. Yes, suppression. It's not enough that the media didn't want to cover the Hunter Biden story. It's that it engaged in a mafia-like conspiracy with social media companies to censor those who did cover it, including the newspaper that broke it, a newspaper founded by none other than Alexander Hamilton. So that assault on the press, the war against the media, the media said Trump was engaged in, you know, as he made himself more accessible to the media, all media than any other president, was another projection. Just wasn't true. He suppressed nothing. He encouraged no violence against anyone. But the media did. They suppressed Biden stories that could be perceived as or were negative. Once upon a time, the media saw its job as challenging power, investigating the elected and those seeking elective office. Today, they see their job as pushing one political side, as doing the bidding of one political party. Think about it this way. 
Project Veritas investigates and exposes the left fairly exclusively, just as Prager University promotes and teaches conservative ideas, and both institutions are honest about it. Both are criticized for it. But CNN, NBC, The New York Times, the whole lot of them do the exact same thing in reverse, investigating and exposing only Republicans, promoting and teaching only liberal left ideas and parties, without disclosing that they're partisan, however. It's an awfully strong tool. And while we thought, while we thought social media would help neutralize some of this, social media got smart to the game and engaged in, wait for it, Censorship to aid and abet the mainstream media. They became everything they kept telling us they were not, publishers and editors. As I say, it became more powerful than any of us thought this year. We thought, silly us, that CNN and the rest could do what they wanted and we'd been all democratized via Twitter and Facebook and other platforms to be our own fact checkers and be able to contradict that which was false or particularly charged reporting. That's how we took down Dan Rather back in the day, right? Couldn't have been done without the blogosphere. But social media woke up, joined the cabal to close down and censor those who did that sort of thing. They rendered Thomas Jefferson's dictum from his first inaugural. Error of opinion may be tolerated where reason is left to combat it. They rendered it nugatory. We were neutralized from letting reason or other opinions combat what we perceived as error. What Thomas Jefferson said right before that, however, needs further promotion as well. Quote, During the contest of opinion through which we have passed, the animation of discussions and of exertions has sometimes worn an aspect which might impose on dangers unused to think freely and to speak and to write about what they think. But this being now decided by the voice of the nation, announced according to the rules of the Constitution, all will, of course, arrange themselves under the will of the law and unite in common efforts for the common good. Close quote. Common efforts for the common good. That what we have here? Especially given that thinking and speaking freely and writing what we think has been discounted, actually censored and banned. So now there's a huge new Hunter Biden story, not just a tax investigation, but a criminal investigation having to do with his taxes. And it's been going on for some time, and it just came to light. Let me outline a few of the items from the story put together by the Senate Homeland Security Committee and Fox News. Item, Hunter Biden had business associations with Yi Jianming, Gong Wendong, and other Chinese nationals linked to the Communist government and the People's Liberation Army. Those associations resulted in millions of dollars of cash flow. Item. Hunter Biden's relationship with Yi Jianming and Guangdong began in 2015, while Biden's father was vice president under former President Barack Obama. Item. Yi's connections to the communist government are extensive, and Yi was also financially connected to Vice President Biden's brother, James Biden. Thus, there exists a vast web of corporate connections and financial transactions between and among the Biden family and Chinese nationals. Item. On September 8, 2017, Yi's company announced a $9.1 billion deal to acquire a stake in Rosneft, a Russian state-owned energy company. On that same day, Hunter Biden allegedly opened up a line of credit with Gong Dong using the business name Hudson West III with Hunter Biden, James Biden, and James Biden's wife, Sarah, all listed as authorized users of credit cards associated with that account. 
Also on that same day, the Biden family members used those credit cards to purchase more than $100,000 in airline tickets, technology products, hotel rooms, and restaurant meals, transactions that were flagged for potential financial criminal activity. I could go on. That rendering came from Fox. Seems like a huge story, beginning from when Joe Biden was the sitting vice president. Where were all the journalists? They knew of Hunter. Where was your Woodward and Bernstein? Where was the effort to replicate what was done to Richard Nixon's vice president, Spiro Agnew, who was forced to resign and cop guilty to a felony count for some $10,000 in fraud involving his taxes? $10,000. Well, you have the head of CNN on tape saying before the election, we're not going with the Hunter Biden story. Okay, got it. Not a count of $10,000, but millions, and not involving American contractors, as was the case with Spiro Agnew, but Russian and Chinese communist agents. We're not going with the Hunter Biden story. So here we are today with Hunter Biden himself putting out a statement that he's under investigation. Why did he do that? God only knows. Maybe so his dad could say there's been total transparency. Well, I read you a little of how Fox News covered this story. It's front of the site and at the top this morning. How about the New York Times? I kid you not, it makes page A23 today. Vice President's family or President-elect's family, however you want to consider it, but to the New York Times, it's the President-elect's family, and it's targeted by fraud for millions of dollars with foreign countries, non-allies, countries, they are told us we are engaged in influencing our elections. And it makes page A23. And it's a pretty antiseptic story, avoiding the luridities the story deserves and that Fox put out that I read a few moments ago. How about CNN? How do they handle the story today? Why, it's as if CNN President Jeff Zucker's statement on not covering Hunter Biden prior to the election still abides. There's nothing. Zero on the website for CNN. Yes, a lot on Joe Biden and who he's picking to staff his presidency. Not a word about his brother or son or any of the shenanigans and criminal investigations into them. As in Richard III, say I slew them not, then they are not slain. Report it not, and it cannot be news or newsworthy or known. Four years of truly lurid stuff involving Russian collusion that was not there, in fact, that was invented. Here, nothing. War against the media? Nope. Media's war against America. How do I know? Because they tell us democracy dies in darkness. A lot more will die, too. It's not as if we invent the notion that Putin and the Communist Party of China are bad or evil because they are simply financial doers of misdeeds. First and foremost, Putin and the Communist Party of China are bad and evil because they repress and enslave and kill. We didn't fight a long twilight struggle against communism because it violated norms of financial transactions. We fought the long twilight struggle against communism because its desire was to crush freedom and its means for doing so was to plow down innocent lives and imprison those it could who disagreed or who were in the way. As Whitaker Chambers put it, it was a movement whose triumph means slavery to men wherever they fall under its sway and spiritual night to the human mind and soul. Spiritual night. Interesting phrase, that. One might even call it darkness. You know, the thing the Washington Post tells us democracy dies in.
I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. If you didn't see the documentary on the Go-Go's, that was Belinda Carlisle. It's worth seeing. I'm forgetting what network it was on, Netflix or something, but it was really interesting. It's a really interesting history of 80s rock, punk rock, you name it. Uh, good thing today we have Philosophical Conundrum Thursday. Uh, Bill, you and I will be engaging in that philosophical conundrum Thursday. Remind me um, what we're going to be using as our uh, test cases, but they have to do with what we were talking about wishing each other off air. <clears throat> this news about Hunter Biden, um, as the Federalist Report, Molly Hemingway pointed out, it's not actually new and was reported on before the election, but was purposely suppressed by gatekeepers like Facebook, Twitter, and corporate media outlets that ignored the reporting on Hunter Biden's affairs. In October, the New York Post and others reported Biden's knowledge and potential involvement in his son's overseas business dealings during his time as vice president. A few weeks later, James Rosen, investigative reporter, who, by the way, the Obama administration had um, had, uh, had charged with uh, espionage. Yeah, yeah, James Rosen broke news that the FBI was investigating Hunter for money laundering. As early as 2019, Biden began, Joe Biden began to deny that Hunter or anyone else in the Biden family ever did anything wrong, ignoring the concerns of some about Hunter's affiliation with uh, Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Quote, every single solitary serious investigation including your network and others, have looked at this and have said there's absolutely zero basis to the accusation that I had acted any way inappropriately or that my son did, close quote, Biden said at a presidential town hall in Iowa. In an interview with Axios on HBO, Biden seemed appalled that a reporter even dared to ask him about his son's foreign and business work. Quote, I mean, come on. This is you guys are amazing. You think everything that happened was kosher the reporter shot back? Biden responded, you know, there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit that says anything done was wrong. You know that, close quote. In the same interview, Biden denied knowing anything about his son's dealings, except for the fact that Hunter was on the board of Burisma, a fact that he said wasn't disclosed until after it occurred. Shortly before one of the Democratic presidential debates, Biden echoed these denials, instead choosing to shift the blame on President Donald Trump. Quote, every major national, international and local news operation looked into it and said it's a lie. This is a president who's flat out lying, close quote, Biden said. In February earlier this year, when NBC's Savannah Guthrie pressed Biden on whether it was appropriate for his son to take the Burisma board position, Biden lashed out saying, quote, well, that's not true. You're saying things you don't know what you're talking about. No one has found anything wrong with his dealings, Joe Biden told Guthrie. The claims continued for the rest of the campaign all the way through the election, where he repeated multiple times that, quote, there's not been one scintilla of evidence that my son ever interfered, that he ever asked me anything, that I ever got involved in anything, close quote. Instead of addressing the evidence in emails presented from a laptop belonging to Hunter, Biden's only acknowledged 
The New York Post, which alleged the former VP, was introduced to a senior advisor to Burisma through Hunter, while Joe was the public face of the Obama administration's policy towards Ukraine. So when he called it a, quote, smear campaign and blamed the press for asking about it, quote, I know you'd ask. I have no response. It's another smear campaign right up your alley. Those are the questions you always ask, close quote. That was to CBS. Biden and his team also latched onto a rumor started by Representative Adam Schiff that Russia was somehow behind the release of the evidence about Hunter Biden. Quote, Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is not true, close quote, Biden said from the presidential debate stage in October. Wow. So this has been there. It's just that the reporters didn't want to investigate it, didn't want to dig into it. As Jeff Zucker said, we're not going to be following the Hunter Biden story. This is the job of the media, by the way. It's not to just read what other media outlets do. It's to go and chase the story itself. You'll recall, speaking of uh, Nixon and Agnew, as I did earlier, you'll recall there was a competition between the Washington Post and the New York Times to get the Watergate story as there was to do the Pentagon Papers. They competed to get those stories about Vietnam and about Watergate and Nixon. They competed for that. And there used to be competition between reporters as to who could get the scoop first. Here there seemed to be competition as to who could put the kibosh on it strongest or most strongly. And I guess you were um, – I guess I guess one of the things that we're going to come to terms with and just resolve going forward is I had mentioned in my monologue Prager University, Project Veritas. Prager University does lessons and classes on issues of interest from a conservative perspective. It gives you a conservative lesson on things, whether it's about a piece of history or whether it's about a philosophical or political debate. It's from a conservative. They don't hide that fact. They tell you right up front. Same with Project Veritas as a journalistic outfit, journalistic outfits, whether it's Salem Media or Breitbart. They tell you who they are. It's opinion journalism. Take it or leave it. The others don't tell you that, but they're just as, if not more, opinionated. And that's what we're just going to have to resolve to live with. But it's important that we don't just live with it. It's important we make sure others know it. Don't be coming at me with CNN and New York Times as if it's anything but talking points and political points from the Democratic Party. That's all it is. CNN wouldn't even cover this today. This is a major scandal with Hunter Biden that flows up to Joe Biden's brother and likely to Joe. The more Joe denied he ever discussed business dealings with his son, the more I wanted to count at the spoons. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Donald Trump Jr. points out 
that here, Bill, I'll let you guess. How many minutes did ABC, CBS, NBC, and MSNBC dedicate to the um, Eric Swalwell communist infiltration story, Chinese communist infiltration story? Combined, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC. Combined, how much time do you think they dedicated to covering that story? Five. Five minutes all in? All, all combined. You're off by five minutes. Big fat zero combined. MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS. Did you do five as an honest answer? Yeah. I, 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 if you had turned it on me, I probably would have guessed five too. Zero. Zero. As Ari Fleischer points out, when will the media realize their failure to cover news that hurts Democrats is what's helping to polarize the country they keep calling too polarized? If they don't cover it, they're leaving it to conservative media only. Speaking of at this point about China, the Chinese communists, I don't know why it gets such a pass, the Chinese government, the country of China. I just don't know why there's such an effort to protect them. The hysteria people went through when we were calling it the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus, as we do almost every other virus or disease that comes from a place, including even in here, Lyme, Lyme disease, Lyme, Connecticut, including even here, Ebola, you name it. Uh, the examples are legion. There was a there's a protection around China. There's some kind of immunity. I don't know why it is. Is it because we have a lot of people from China we know who are our friends? Who, of course, we don't blame for being members of the Chinese country cause. They're they're as good Americans as anyone. They they're they're delighted to be here. Is it because? We appreciate Chinese culture so much, Chinese food, and you name it. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm reminded, and it's, I think, important and worthy to remind of what I said in my monologue, quoting Whitaker Chambers. The communism is a movement whose triumph means slavery to men wherever they fall under its sway and spiritual night to the human mind and soul. That is the Chinese government. That is. Let me let me take you to a, a liberal source for a moment. It's not typically invoked by conservatives, Amnesty International. It's usually a liberal, liberally supported organization. But they do country reports. They they report on every country. Here's their report on China, testifying to what Whitaker Chambers said about communism generally. I'll just quote directly. The human rights situation in China continue to be marked by a system Systematic crackdown on dissent. The justice system remained plagued by unfair, unfair trials and torture and other ill treatment in detention. China still classified information on its extensive use of the death penalty as a state secret. Repression conducted under the guise of anti-separatism or counterterrorism remained particularly severe in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region and Tibetan-populated areas. Authorities subjected Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other ethnic groups in Xinjiang to intrusive surveillance, arbitrary detention, and forced indoctrination. LGBT 
people, LGBTI, I'm not sure what I is, LGBTI people faced widespread discrimination and stigma in society. The government continues to intimidate, harass, and prosecute human rights defenders and independent non-government organizations, including raids on their homes and offices. Human rights defenders' family members are subjected to police surveillance, harassment, detention, and restricted freedom of movement. That's Amnesty International on China. We should shame people that want to do business there. We should shame organizations that want to cover up for it. It is a governmentally organized system that does mean slavery and does bring a spiritual night to the human mind and soul. We care about those things. God knows we do because we elevate them even to the point of creating hoaxes about them here in America. It's worse there, far worse. It's a different moral encyclopedia of worseness there. And we cover up for it, we apologize for it, and we endow it without apology. Why? Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. How long have we been working together, you and me, Bill? Six years over. You want to try that in English? (laughs) You want to do that in English? Six years over? Over six years, Seth. (laughs) Make benefit with each other for six years now, okay? (laughs) Actually, I think this one's a swing and a miss. Yeah, I... I But the funny thing I was going to make a point of is we're always improving our working relationship, aren't we? You have to. You can't get stayed or stale. We just made an improvement to the show off air that will have benefits for years to come, that will make benefit to audience for years to come, right? Play play me, speaking of, play me Secretary of State John Kerry's statement when he was Secretary of State, would you? There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. I love that. I can tell you that. Four no's. No, 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 and no. I read you from the AP today. Israel and Morocco have agreed to normalize relations, President Donald Trump announced today, marking the fourth Arab-Israel agreement in four months from that was brokered by this administration. As part of the deal, the U.S. will recognize Morocco's claim over the Western Sahara region. Four peace agreements. Four peace agreements between Arab countries and Israel. Under this president all this year, by the way. And so four of them, not only is John Kerry just bloody wrong. Will there be any will there be a Nobel Peace Prize? Will there be a Nobel Peace Prize for any of this? It's remarkable. Jimmy Carter got a Peace Prize for one. One. 
Barack Obama got a peace prize just for being elected president. Trump has done four peace deals between Arabs. and You know why he won't, though? Twofold reasons. One is he's a Republican. And two is that it is a finger in the eye of the John Kerry philosophy, which is what the intellectual elites adhere to, which is to say that unless and until Israel solves its problem with the Palestinians, all of this is elusive. The problem they have, which is highlighted by these peace deals, in fact, is that Israel has basically solved its situation with the Palestinians. Israel has, has no reason to do anything with a terroristic government of Gaza, which is sworn to the entire destruction, the destruction of the entirety of Israel. Or the West Bank on the other side, which is governed by Fatah, which is at war itself half the year with Hamas in Gaza. There's no incentive for Israel to do anything with the Palestinian leadership as it is constituted right now. Mahmoud Abbas of the West Bank faction of Palestinians has long outstayed by about 16 or 17 years his elected term in office. His one elected term in office, four-year term. He's in his 16th year of it, 17th year of it. The problem is effectively solved. Palestinians in Israel have civil and political rights in Israel, akin to Jews. They can get elected to parliament. They can be on the Supreme Court. They have been. Chief Justice of the Israeli Supreme Court. They have more rights in Israel than any Arab has in any Arab country. You know that? No, you don't know that. Most, most, most people in John Kerry's world don't know that. Don't know that. But that's why John Kerry is so bloody wrong. The Arab world doesn't see their cause as so important as to outweigh a greater peace. And Donald Trump saw that and forged it and did something about it. Four. Jimmy Carter did one. Four. It's an incredible achievement. It's an incredible accomplishment. While John Kerry and his ilk were saying the moving of the embassy to Jerusalem would cause terror, it did not. It did not. It showed where the United States was and that the Arab countries would have to get behind a movement that was recognizing that Israel was here to stay and no longer easily swept into or brushed into or threatened to be brushed into the Mediterranean Sea. Those days are over. It's not 1972 anymore. It's not 1967 anymore. It's not 1956 or 1948 anymore. 
It's not 1922 anymore. There is forward and there is backward. There is modern and there is retrograde. And those that want to move forward and modernly will make peace here. Those that want to stay intransigent and act retrograde and abuse human rights, well, they'll do what Hamas does. And they'll do what Fatah and Abbas do. And they'll be left behind. And they'll be left behind. There is a reason Palestinians escape into Israel. There are two reasons. One, to create acts of terror, some of them. And two, to have civil liberties and civil rights and freedom. No one, no one is trying to escape into Gaza. No one, no one is trying to escape into Ramallah. Tells you something. The Gates tests still tell you something about countries abroad as much as countries here. It's pretty monumental what took place here. It's pretty monumental. CNN won't cover it. NBC won't cover it. The last time a country did a peace deal with Israel under Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi said it was a distraction. A distraction. Every candidate for political office at the federal level talks about Mideast peace. Because Trump did it, Nancy Pelosi called it a distraction. I have more to say about Nancy Pelosi. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Coming up, interesting guest, uh, Christopher Ruddy. He is the head of uh, Newsmax, which a lot of you tell me you have been uh, tuning into more than Fox News, and uh, deservedly so, because it has uh, it has picked up the franchise of representing something different than you get in the mainstream media. It has picked up perhaps the original Rupert Murdoch, Roger Ailes model. So we're going to talk to Chris Ruddy in, uh, at the top of the next hour, get his uh, sense of why Newsmax is different, get his sense of the state of the media today. There was an interesting column over at The Spectator by Lou Aguilar about, uh, Aguilar about Fox News's suicide. And... The tragedy of it is, is that there are some good people at Fox, of course. Uh, in fact, some of them are even on our list that Charles and Doug started, right? The list that Charles started really based on a call from Doug about people who will be the future of the conservative cause and hopefully the new set point for the Republican Party. Uh, we could name a couple right off the bat. Jesse Waters, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, and then it starts to dwindle just a bit. Yeah, there's a few more here and there I'm missing probably right off the top of my head. But can Fox News get its mojo back? I don't know. Will they apologize, as Aguilar says, for what they've done this year? Will they fire 
Donna Brazil and Chris Wallace and Neil Cavuto and Chris Steyerwalt and other tainted journalists? Um, will they place at the helm someone who understands the original mission of Fox News Channel to be fair and balanced and not just CNN light? Will they do any of that? Probably not. Probably not. The idea that they even hired Donna Brazil, you, she, she was CNN's. She she was thrown out by CNN for sharing debate questions with Hillary Clinton. CNN didn't want her. Fox said, "We'll take you." I have never heard her say a thing worthy of being on television. She's just not a smart person. She doesn't add anything to the conversation except the fact that she has a D behind her name. And we shouldn't be in the business of being an affirmative action employer, political, a political affirmative action employer for the left. They have enough. They have enough. We don't need to give them more.